0: Thank you, Lord. You are the reason why we are here, to know you and to seek your face. Today, Lord Jesus, as you're here with us, I pray that you open their eyes and open their understanding, that they may know truly what you seek from all their hearts Lord Jesus I bless your name and I pray that you strengthen us so that we can fight the good fight of faith I pray Lord that anyone here who is discouraged who's lost hope or confused or defeated in any way I pray today that you strengthen them uplift them by your right hand thank you Lord Jesus we remember everything you done at the cross and we acknowledge you for the terrible death you went through for us thank you like a lamb to the slaughter you went and you did not open your mouth we thank you Lord we remember your sacrifice for us us to be right standing before you thank you for your sacrifice lord that makes us whole thank you for your sacrifice that allows us allows our names to be written in the lamb's book of life thank you for your sacrifice we remember you and we proclaim the good news here on earth amen Amen. Thank you, Jesus. How are we all today? Did it be cold? Not for long, not for long. Thank you for coming. This is for, this is for you while you're here. Amen, so we can grow. Who's ready for today? We ready? Can anyone remember uh, what I shared about last week. You, you can call out today, one at a time, but pride. Yeah, and what were some of the. What were some of the points? What's that? Sorry. Power hungry. Very good. What else? What is it? Self-righteous, good. Anyone else? I'm going to work the crowd a bit. Insecure, boastful, self-righteousness, David said that. Controlling, lording it over, yeah, very good. People-pleaser, judgmental, rebellious, ungrateful, and comparing each other. And this is the opposite of good. Remember, I spoke about Romans uh, chapter 12, verse 1 or 2. What is good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God? Right? So the first area was to attack the area of pride. So we discussed that, right? <coughs> It's very important, and I feel that these, these topics are, uh, are not most spoken about, or if I can say it like this, they're not given enough attention in our hearts, right? Where we think, uh, no, nah, that's not us, and I'm sweet. Once the Holy Spirit begins to uh, open your heart or begin to speak to you regarding these things, they're deeper than you think. But can I say it like this? And and God's will is that He wants everyone to be saved. But saved from what? (laughs) You begin to you begin to ask yourself. (coughs) Saved from what why did Jesus really leave us the Holy Spirit here? Was it to operate in His power, though, though we will? Or was it to, to have a comforter, though we will? It's deeper than that. When I understood the Holy Spirit like this, my life changed because a deep reflection in my heart took place. And it's so important that you know this, every person here. And the warning is that we don't get caught up in the hype. You know the greatest work you know, I always share with people. You know, so many people have a lot of things to pray about that they need from God. But my greatest focus in the beginning of my journey till now is that my vessel becomes a place where God can stay. It's very different from pain, praying for external things rather than praying for what you can do internally. W- Won't it be beautiful that when you walk and you have the be- best interest for others rather than yourself, where envy is not operating in your life, jealousy, gossip, slander, control, you know, you look at that work, that is the greatest work from them all because that's where peace begins and I feel like a lot of people, they not they bypass it, but they don't give it enough attention because, put it this way, your old nature or your life, you were brought up and you were taught like this and we thought it to be normal. But when the Holy Spirit begins to come and really penetrate our hearts, He wants to rid us from everything that we learned from the old nature. And it's true. And a lot of people would think, you know, you preach the exact same message every week, but I didn't. It's what God wants. (laughs) It's what God wants in our hearts. So I spoke about dull of hearing, probably the biggest one, is why so many people can't hear the Holy Spirit because they've become dull of hearing, I encourage you to go back to everyone and examine and self-reflect upon your life. So important. I'm not going to really speak about last week's message. I spoke also about perfectionist. Remember that, right? Let's have a look. Have a look at this teaching today. What saddens me is that this teaching to the body of Christ has become so boring. But it's the greatest interest to the Holy Spirit. You know seeing for people or giving words to people or seeing people delivered or seeing people healed. You know, it's good, but the greatest work is the Holy Spirit completing His work in you. Nothing else uh, influences me than this. And that is the truth. Being a vessel for the Holy Spirit to allowing myself being transformed by the Holy Spirit is probably the most important thing for me. And I don't get transformed so God can use me. I get transformed because that's what he died for. The greatest mistake we can think that if I cleanse myself, God can use me. No, you're cleansed because he died for that. Don't fall into trouble in this area. God died for you to destroy the works of the devil. And we have to be very careful how we operate with the Lord. He died for us to transform us. He he will use you, there's no doubt about that. But if your greatest appetite is to be transformed and to become like him, then you're on the right track. If your appetite is to be used by God, you're on the wrong track. The power will come. Uh, Authority will come. The anointing will come. But the greatest desire from the beginning to now was that God transforms me because that's what he died for. He died to destroy the works of the devil. I spoke about so many principles of the works of the devils last week become so boring to the body of Christ I feel until the Holy Spirit starts to hit those multi-layered areas of what the flesh has done through the enemy you start to witness true freedom so we go to Romans chapter 12 I'd like to say something small small maybe small so where I'm getting here is your true your true worship to God right your true worship to God is in here the most important thing between you and the Lord it's here that you become a living sacrifice unto Him. Right? The most important thing is that we become a living sacrifice unto Him. This is from Romans chapter 12. I'll read it again. I appeal to you therefore, brothers, that's from the ESV, but it says brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Isn't it interesting that he doesn't talk about anything else but your, about what's inside of you. Nothing else. What's acceptable is what's inside of you. Which is your spiritual worship. How do we worship God? By the spirit and by the truth. So you begin to see, is your worship... Is your worship in line with Jesus Christ? Because at the end, he's the one that sees everything. And that is the truth. I can sit here and talk so much, but at the end, God knows my heart. And that is the truth. God knows my heart. And the greatest benefit of knowing God first, he tells you go to the secret place the greatest investment is to know god <coughs> secret to secret because then he can speak to you about secret things of your heart i want nothing else and that's the truth i sit here talking to you it's not my i don't get a thrill from this place the only thrill i get is that i'm true to the lord and that is the only truth i can tell you today is that i'm true to him who gave up his life for me. And that is the truth, I'm not interested in anything else and I never have. That my heart becomes true to him. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable and perfect. Now I just touched a glimpse of what is good, just so I can keep flowing, because the Holy Spirit's already showed me next what I'm going to speak about. So, I don't want to rush it, but I have to keep moving. So here... It talks about here, about the renewal of your mind. And I'm gonna focus a little bit on this, but I'm gonna show you uh, the enemy of this world and what you are to renew yourself from. So I'm gonna speak about the first encounter regarding acceptable. The first encounter you have regarding renewing your mind from this world. And it's going to be interesting here. Because you think about, what am I to renew my mind from? Just put that thought in your heart. What are you to renew your mind from? Think about it. What are you actually to renew your mind from? What is your opponent? What is your enemy? And what is the first encounter of God's word regarding renewing your mind? Now we know Hebrews 4.12 says, The word discovers the condition of our heart. Right? There is a, there, that's the heart. But what about the mind here? So I'm going to speak a little bit about it. It says here that you by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, what is the will of God? It says here that you may discern, just quickly, what is the will of God? I just want to show you something. What is the will of God, anyone? If there was to sum up a scripture, of what is the will of God? Can anyone give me a response? There's many scriptures regarding that. What's that, uh, sorry? To walk righteousness. amen. Anyone else? To, to live Godly lives. What's uh, sorry? To live, Godly lives. To, to live Godly lives, amen. So both those answers are very accurate, but I'm looking for a scripture here regarding the will of God. So AJ, you had a look already, did you? You take photos of my notes. (laughs) Uh, So let's quickly, let's quickly go to John chapter six, verse thirty-eight to forty. I'm just going to quickly give you a glimpse of what is the will of God. Just a quick glimpse because I feel just to open your understanding here. So here this is Jesus speaking. It's from the amplified version. It says for I have come down from heaven not to do my own will but to do the will of him who sent me. Now he's talking about a will here. This is the will of him who sent me that all of that he has given me I lose nothing but that I give a new life and raise them up at the last day. Now, can I ask you the question, would Jesus lose any of us? I ask you a question. Would Jesus lose believers? Yes or no? Yes, he would. They would. He would lose believers. Why? The gift of free will. Hmm. We have the gift of free will. (coughs) What did the people call him? When he says, go away, I don't know you. What did they call him? Yeah, they called him his Lord. Let's not deceive ourselves here, but let's know that we're in a healthy place here, that we are on the right track with the Holy Spirit. It says, "You who commit iniquity, go away." You who commit iniquity. What does it say? Are these the people that is lost? Were they the ones from the beginning or the ones at the end? What does the Bible say? Mark this: in the in the last days, there will be terrible times. There will be lovers of themselves rather than lovers of God. So we have free will. Let me tell you this. Now, now (laughs) these people operated in power. They operated in the kingdom. But they missed out of what I'm showing you today. And what I've been showing you for the last six or seven years is here the most important thing that matters is that you cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Now we have the gift of free will. His, His will is... What is his will? That everyone is saved. That is his will. Whether we respond, it's up to us. So his will is that everyone gets saved. That is his will. Whether we respond, it's up to us. There's got to be a balance in the gospel. Yes, he died a terrible death for us because he loves us and cares for us. And if we, if we understand that and work with the Holy Spirit, yes, he will do the good work in us. But there has, to be a, there has to be weight on both ends. He would lose believers, and that is the truth. The scripture says that very clearly. Churches don't speak about it today. He's going to lose believers. People that rebel, people that live in sin, people that choose the world rather than God, there is going to be a split with the goats and the sheep. It's true. The goat cannot be tamed, cannot be disciplined. The sheep hear his voice, they follow him. You can't play with your journey. (laughs) You can't. Uh. When you, know, when you know that you live for the truth doesn't matter what it costs, you will choose it because it is the truth and it's the truth, that's it. When you know it's the truth you fight for it with all your life. Doesn't matter which situation you are. But I wanted to show you this, that he would lose believers. But his will is that everyone gets saved. But we have the gift of free will. Let's not forget this, everyone here. For this is my Father's will and purpose, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him as Savior will have eternal life and I'll raise him up from the dead on the last day. But look what it says here. But that I give a new life. What, ha- what happens when you receive Christ? The old passes away, the new comes. And that's a, that's a testimony in itself. But let's be truthful here. We are in a healthy environment where we preach sound doctrine, sound truth. But there is a truth that you can walk away from the Lord. And I pray by God's grace that no one ever does this. But it is the truth. Jesus spoke about hell more than anyone in the New Testament. Why? Because he doesn't want anyone to go there. <laughs> that's the truth. <laughs> so let's have a look here. So that's the will that he, everyone is saved, right? Let's have a look at Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 regarding the Our Father prayer. I just want to touch on one sentence here. This is, this is how Jesus t- taught us how to pray. Look at the first statement that he makes here. I'd like to just touch a little bit just to show you what he's actually saying. So here, let's have a look at it here. It says, In this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now that word hallowed has so much depth and value. I wanna speak it to you here. It's the first registered prayer where we call God Father, but it's also a transition where something's taken place in us. And I'd like to speak about it here. The word hello comes from Hagioza, Hagioza. It's from the Strong's, the Greek 37. Now look at this. It defines as to dedicate things to God which is his will consecrate things to God to separate from profound things and dedicate yourself to God to purify internally by the renewing of your soul to cleanse externally to purify you and free you from the guilt of sin and to make you holy now look at that prayer and look at the the first statement of his prayer Isn't that interesting? The first statement of his prayer is what? To do the work inside of you. What's the next scripture? What's the next scripture? Thy kingdom come. Then you can do his will. When he's cleansed you, when he's taken sin, when he's dealt with sin, then his kingdom can come in you. But can you see here? The first work that God intended to do inside of us is the very work that most people don't speak about. And isn't it interesting? Lord, give me the kingdom. Let me work in you first. No, don't touch this area. <laughs> Amen, our Father. Very good. So isn't that interesting here? That before the kingdom is manifested for us to do His will, He has to do the great work inside of us. How many people have shined a light on this value of that prayer that many people say every single day? Just think about it. This is, all, this is all from the translation of hallowed. Look at that here. Dedicated. Dedicate yourself to God. Consecrate things to God. To separate from profound things and dedicate yourself to God. To, to purify you internally by the renewing of your soul. To cleanse externally. To purify you and free you from the guilt of sin. And to make you holy. Then the kingdom comes. You begin to see here, what is God really interested with? This very thing that I've been sharing for the last six or seven years. And we cannot move past that until we know. We cannot move past that until we understand the great work of the Holy Spirit. Another one I'm going to share, and I'll stop there. First, Thessalonians chapter five, verse 16 to 18. Now this is also so important, because what's the opposite of rejoicing? Anyone? Sadness, Sadness discouragement, disappointment. Isn't it interesting that God gave us a, a tool? To overcome and not fall into that trap. Right? It says here, rejoice always. Number one. Pray continually. Number two. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will. I'm talking about a will here now from the scripture of Romans 12. What is God's will? they do five minute prayer pray without ceasing amen so let me tell you something that is God's will for your life whether you do it or not it's up to you and that is the truth if you trust what God says you'll be protected and you produce a good fruit and your life will be prosperous and it's true but then you have the flesh to deal with. Then you have the world to deal with. Then you have sin to deal with. There are many enemies of the cross and it's the truth. You have your emotions to deal with. It's the truth, it's the truth. So let's have a look here. What's the first encounter of God's word? we have probably read this scripture a thousand times, but I'll read it out. We go to First Peter. Uh, so we'll go back to the word acceptable first. Sorry. So I'm preaching about the second principle, acceptable. I covered a bit about the will of God and the renewal of the mind. The word acceptable comes from Yorostas. It's good. Yorostas. It's from the Strong's 21.01. It means fully agreeable, well-pleasing and pleasing. So let's have a look at the first scripture where the Holy Spirit led me. And this is a bit interesting because I'm going to go a different direction regarding this. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1 to 5. Now, this is the first, this is the first condition. First condition. So Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, the word of God discovers the condition of your heart. Now look at this area here. He's penetrating now your character. Okay, let's have a look here. Look at the first encounter God has with the Word of God. Now we've probably read this a thousand times, but let's read it in this way. So put aside every trace of malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander and hateful speech. Like newborn babes, you should long for the pure milk of the word, that, sh- that by it you may be nurtured and grow in respect to your salvation. Now look at this here. You are, to get, you are to be nurtured and grow against all those. So God sees you growing and God sees you being nurtured when these things are being removed from you. Can everyone understand my English? Yes? Good. So God sees, God sees you using the word of God, accurate as a babe, when these things are being dealt with. And I'm going to speak a little bit about them. Not too much. Maybe two, two of them, and just quickly um, go through the other ones. It says here that you are to long the pure milk of the word so that by it you may be nurtured and grow in the respect to salvation, its ultimate fulfillment. If in fact you have already tasted the goodness and gracious and kindness of the Lord. So here he's talking about here that you have tasted the goodness and kindness of Jesus Christ at the cross. You have tasted it now. Now, you are to focus on these areas. Do we get that, everyone? Yes? So put aside every... Oh, so Keep going down. Come to him, the risen Lord, as to a living stone, which men rejected and threw away, but which is choice and precious in the sight of God. You believers, like the living stones are being built up into a spiritual house for a holy and dedicated priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable. What am I preaching about? The stage of being acceptable. Can we see it now? So you think he put that word by mistake in there? It's not by mistake. He's showing you now, you've tasted the Lord. Now, let's see what's well-pleasing and acceptable to the Lord. Yes? Yes? I hope this is not boring for anyone here. Amen. So here, being built up into a spiritual house, what is the greatest investment in the sight of God? To build your house. Not what you can get from God, not what you can do for Him, but the house that you build for Him. That is the greatest investment to Jesus Christ. And that's the greatest way he gets the glory because you're doing it from your heart. To offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable and pleasing to God through Jesus Christ. Now this is pleasing to God what? To deal with all those ones that I just spoke about. I'm going to read them out to you now. Let's deal with the first one, malice. Now, I've got a hard hat. It's in my car. But I think I need the welding one with the helmet on the face there. <laughs> Can I share this with you? All the time that is spent with the Holy Spirit, look what's coming. Look what's coming. No fantasy. God's going to use me. God's going to do this. God, God, God has to build from The roots up. And that is the truth. Deep down. Where the love of Christ is. So the first encounter with the word of God is to deal with malice. Are we ready? Let's have a look. So malice... The word is kekia. It comes from the Strongs, whoever is following here. Uh, 2549. It defines as a bad character. Desire to injure people, not like physically, uh, more mental, emotional. Ill will against someone. Wickedness that is not ashamed to break laws. Troublemaker and an evil heart. Yeah, it gets deeper. Want to go one step deeper? Now that wasn't the. This here is what really stuck out for me, and it explains so much to me. Now the word malice roots from, kakos. That's from that word. If you look at it, it's from the strongs two five five six, which sums up everything. Why a person operates in malice? is because they feel, this is the word, cacos because they feel worthless. Now please pay attention. So why someone has a bad character? <laughs> why someone has a desire to injure people? Whether you injure people in the church, you injure your family, you injure your children, your friends, your cousins, whatever it is. It's because of malice, but I'm going a step deeper to show you why a person does this. So a, c- a bad character, a desire to injure, a person who's ill-will, a person who's, who's wicked, that is not ashamed to break laws, a troublemaker, an evil heart. The word kakos comes from another word. No, sorry. The word kakia derives from a word kakos, and kakos means when you feel worthless or useless. So when you feel worthless or useless, you crush someone else down. Can you get it now? Oh, I need a translator. So why your ill will, or why you have a bad character towards other people, or why you have a desire to injure someone in your speech, the way you speak to them or the way you expose things around them their weaknesses or whatever it is is because you yourself feel worthless does that make sense it makes so much sense so when someone feels worthless useless that produces malice but i'm going to go one step deeper underneath that word there is something else that the holy spirit Wanted to stir. Are you ready? Okay. Malice is born out of resentment. And when when resentment conceived, it produces anger and clamour. Clamour means to yell, scream or roar. Really looking for attention because of the feeling of being worthless which then gives birth to slandering others. So I'll read it again. Malice is born out of resentment, that is, when conceived, it produces anger. Clamor, which is yelling, screaming, ro- roaring, really for attention because of feeling worthless, which then gives birth to slandering others. We go to Colossians chapter 3, verse 19 to 20. This is for people in a marriage. Colossians chapter 3, verse 19 to 20. Resentment and bitterness is the core of marriage problems. So for all the people here that are married, pay attention please. Now... Let's read it. Colossians chapter 3 verse 19 to 20. It says, Husbands, love your wives with an affectionate, sympathetic, selfless love that always seeks the best for them. And do not be embittered or resentful towards them because of the responsibilities of marriage. Now this connects with, this connects with malice because... When a when a wife is consumed by the chores of a family or whatnot, that person begins to feel worthless. Then he begins to envy uh, that because she's given all the time to the children and the chores and whatnot. Does that make sense? There's only a few people married here. It says, yeah. Do not be embittered or resentful towards them because of the responsibilities of marriage, children. Obey your parents as God representatives in all things. For this attitude of respect and obedience is well <coughs> acceptable. This is the level of being acceptable, is well pleasing to the Lord, and will bring you God's promised blessings. You see that here? You see that here? At every place here, God gives a blessing. What does it show you here? That resentment and bitterness in a marriage blocks God's blessings from your marriage. You think about that. In every, in, there's some scriptures in the New Testament that promotes God's blessings. Pay attention. Look what he's showing you here. That res- in bitterness and resentment towards them would block God's promise and blessings from your life. Now we had to work together, but I'm just showing you from the scriptures. Next scripture. First Peter chapter 3, verse 7-9. to nine. Now there, there was a blessing there, right? We all saw that, right? A blessing for your family, your marriage, and your children. Let's have a look at this one. I- First Peter chapter 3, verse 7 to 9. In the same way, you husbands <coughs> live with your wives in an understanding way, with great gentleness and tact, and with an intelligent regard for their marriage relationship, as with some physically weaker. Since she is a woman... Now, I'm not looking down on women by quoting the scripture. I'm just showing you the scripture. That's how God created it to be. We are to cover and to work with them. Show her honor and respect as a fellow heir of the grace of life so that your prayers will not be hindered or ineffective. Now, we're listening here. Now, there is a greater healing, there is a greater healing and a greater restoration that God wants to do in marriages. The Holy Spirit's been speaking to me about this. There is a greater level and a greater dimension that God wants to do healings inside of a marriage. And that's where the Holy Spirit wants to work with now. But look at that here. Look at that here. Looking at your wife as the weaker vessel to always try to control her or to look down on her would bring... Uh, God's blockage in your life. We are to love them and show them Christ and be everything Christ wants us to be to them. But the Holy Spirit's been sharing with me in the last months, months, not months, about a greater healing and a greater restoration that God wants to do inside of marriages. And that requires both of them to be attentive, husband and wife, to the Word of God and His instructions the married couple here there is a greater healing and isn't it interesting that resentment resentment and bitterness destroys everything isn't it interesting that in teachings of Paul he says be careful lest the heart of bitterness grows up defiling everything bitterness is a disease but where does it go back to malice and what does malice produce you feeling Worthless or, u- or useless. Isn't that interesting? It's an identity issue. So let's, have, let's keep reading. Some people already left. <laughs> I'm only joking. I'm a joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Show her honor and respect as a fellow heir of the grace of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered or ineffective. Finally, all of you be like-minded, united in spirit, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, cautious and compassionate towards each other as a member of one household and humble in spirit and never return evil for evil or insult for insult. Isn't that interesting that when this happens inside of your household, you are to bless you are to bless. So what does the man of God do? He blesses in a scenario if his wife is cursing. That's how you are to become the true carer of the family. Vice versa. I'll <laughs> say. people waiting for me.) And never return evil for evil or insult for insult. Avoid scolding, berating, and any kind of abuse. But on the contrary, give a blessing. Pray for one another's well-being, contentment, and protection. For you have been called for this very purpose, that you may inherit a what? A blessing from God. And what is the greatest blessing that you can inherit in a marriage? What is it? Can someone give me the answer? What is it? Happiness, peace, joy, love. Nothing nothing compares to this. For the people that are future. <laughs> that you may inherit a blessing from God that brings well being, happiness, and protection. Amen. So I have never spoken about marriages and couples, but in the, in the time when God opens the door, I'm going to address it. Okay. So malice is a part of the past. Now I want you to listen to this. Malice is a part of the past of every believer. It's the past. You're a new creation now. We we do not accept it. Not even the traces of it, as I said in the scriptures. We don't accept it. But as you know, it is the past of every believer and of the present condition of every unbeliever. We go to Titus chapter 3, verse 1 to 3. Just to quickly... It says here, "...remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and, to consi- and, and considerate, and always to be gentle towards everyone. At one time we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in and envy, being hated and hating one another." Uh, That's it? Can we we keep going? Sorry. But when the kindness and love of God our Saviour appeared, He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. So can I ask you something? If I was to ask you for a cure for malice or envy, what is it? What is it? If I was to ask you for a cure of envy and malice, especially malice or bitterness, what is it? It's here. His mercy. You know what happens when you're merciful? You remember that you too were a sinner. And you too made the same mistakes. And you'll be so quickly able to give it to other people. Isn't that the truth? What does the Bible say? Mercy triumphs? It's true. But you must know that a person who operates in malice is devoid of mercy. Devoid means to be lacking a mercy from God. And it is true. I don't know how I can look down on someone because I too myself went through the same process of being cleansed and purified from the Lord. And that is the truth. Let's go to the next one. I don't have too many today. Just just a little bit more. Let's go to all deceit. All deceit. <coughs> okay, deceit. The act of causing someone to accept as true or valid what is false or invalid. An attempt to deceive. The word deceit also defines as the quality of being dishonest or misleading or fake or fraudulent. (coughs) Also, to entice. The word entice means to seduce, to lead astray, to induce to sin by promises or persuasions. Let's quickly go to Revelation chapter 14, verse 5. I'm skipping one. I'll come back to it. Revelation chapter 14, verse 5. Now these are the people that worship God in His throne. And look how, look how God described this type of believer. He says, and in their mouth was found no deceit now why would he put that there because it's very important that we know here an attempt to deceive the quality of being dishonest or misleading or fake or fraudulent now these people they they went around the throne of God worshipping him why were they, were they born like that were these people born like that no, it's something you work with the Holy Spirit. Now, we all too began like this. Can we understand? And in their mouth was found no deceit, for they are without fault before the throne of God. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 10, please. For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Who wants to see good days? And who wants to love life? (laughs) Look what it says here. Keep your tongue from evil and his lips from speaking evil deceit or deceit. Can we see here? Now I want to show you a scripture here. That's very powerful. Let's go to John chapter 1, verse 47. Can I share something with you from the scripture here? What allows Jesus to see you that you're actually coming to him? Now we read this in the natural, we say, uh, God, um, come to him. But look what the scripture, what he used here for the scripture here. It says here, Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him. Isn't it interesting how God sees you coming towards him? Is anyone getting this? How does Jesus see your coming towards him? And said to him, behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no deceit. Isn't it interesting how Jesus sees someone really coming to him? Who is the Israel of God? Paul says they are those who are circumcised in their heart. They have been transformed in their heart. They are the true Israel from God. Now look at this here. Jesus saw someone coming towards him. And and it's a lesson for us to know what truly allows us to come truly towards him where he sees that we are drawing near to him. Can you see this little, little treasure here? How Jesus sees that you're actually coming to Him. Think about that. Now again, the word deceit is the quality of being dishonest, really, towards God first, before anything. Or misleading, or fake, or fraudulent. Or to seduce, or to lead astray, or to, to induce to sin, or by promises or persuasions. Now you begin to see here what allows us to be at the throne of God. What allows Jesus to see that we're actually coming towards him. Think about it. Reflect. Let's have a look at uh, hypocrisy very quickly. Hypocrisy refers to the act of claiming to believe something by acting in a different manner. I'm not going to speak. I'll write pages about this. I'm not going to speak about this. So hypocrisy refers to the act of claiming to believe something but acting in a different manner. Envy. Envy, a feeling of dishonest, uh, sorry, a feeling of discontent or resentful longing aroused by someone else's possessions, qualities or blessings from God. Okay, say it again. A feeling of discontent, not content, or resentful, longing aroused by someone else's possessions, qualities or blessings. Slander, now this is an interesting one. The word slander is the utterance of false charges or misrepresentations which defame and damage another person's reputation. Now this this is the milk, this is the milk for the believer. This is the milk for the believer to, be, to grow and to be nurtured against all these. Now a question you yourself, do you operate like this? Because it's very common today. It's become like a fashion. It's become part of our personality and character to carry these things. Until you know it's evil, you cannot fight against them. Imagine me praying every day lo- like I do and read. And these things aren't getting addressed. What have I actually achieved? Is it true? What, I, what actually have I achieved? It's deception. So slander, it attacks someone's reputation. You know how many times I've got attacked regarding my reputation for how I serve God now? I can't tell you. Every person since I started my journey has tried to attack my reputation has tried to allow other people to see me the same way they see me. And it saddens me because these people should be in the love of Christ. Hateful speech. So the word hateful speech comes from the word katilia. It defines as, oh that's from the Strong's 2636, It defines as defamation, insults, causing rumors, character assassination, abusing others, backbiting. Backbiting means bad-mouthing, insulting, slandering someone who is not present. Now, this is simple simple teaching to some, but take it to heart. Now, we keep going. We got a 2nd Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 to 13. Now, this is an interesting one. We're not asleep yet? Now, this is Paul speaking to Timothy that he doesn't entangle himself with the affairs of this world or the affairs of this life. but rather pleasing his officer who commanded him. So I want to show you this word here, affairs. Because remember, we are in the second level now of what is acceptable unto God. Okay? Now let's see what he, he shows us here. He says, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from among many witnesses commit these to faithful men who will, who will be able to teach others also. Now here he's trying, to, he's trying to build a foundation here. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Now, can we go back there? We are to endure hardship. What does he actually mean by that? So we are to endure, us believers are to endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Next one, please. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. Now, it says here that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Who enlisted you? Who enlisted you? Jesus Christ. Now, he's saying here we are not to engage in warfare or to entangle ourselves. That word entangle means to intertwine. Himself with the affairs of this life. What does that actually mean? I'm going to explain it to you. Because this is the level of acceptable. Now, are we ready? The word affairs comes from the Strong's 4230. The word is pragmatia. Pragmatia. And that word means negotiation or to busy, one's, to busy oneself with. Transaction or to occupy yourself with or to trade with. So, can I say it in English for you? Yes? This scripture means don't go after a business mindset of how to make money or how to prosper in this life. Don't go after this mindset. What did Jesus say? Seek first. The kingdom of God. Everything else will be added to you. He's saying here as a soldier of Christ, don't entangle yourself with the affairs of this life, becoming business minded. How am I going to make money? How am I going to prosper in this area? God will look after that. All he asks you to do is seek his kingdom. Do his will on earth and he will give you what you can handle. Not what you think you can handle. not what you think you can handle because you don't know what you can handle because when Satan came to Jesus and said bow down I'll give you everything that is mine he, that word there is galaxy, universe, you can never see the end so when you bow down you can never see the end if a person is going after money rather than God so here he's saying here, don't Get into the affairs of this lot. That's what the word actually means. I'm not making this up. It means to negotiate. Negotiate with who? He's talking about a soldier now. Who are you fighting? You're fighting yourself? You're fighting the enemy. Because he gives that to you. And isn't it interesting that when the enemy comes to you with this, the, ki- the kingdom of God is avoided. All your time is planted there. All your focus and your drive is planted there. Yeah, it's hard teaching for some people. It is hard teaching. But that's the gospel. That is the gospel. Jesus will give you everything as long as you go after his kingdom. So the word "their affairs, is to negotiate, to busy oneself with, to occupy yourself with. A transaction. Could we go quickly to verse 12? I don't want to read the whole thing. It says here, if we endure, we also shall reign with him. Endure from what? What he just told you to do. It says, if we deny him, by what? By transaction your heart to another God. Can you see this, someone? So when you negotiate that, that I want to become a, a man, and don't get me wrong, God blesses people. Please understand me here. On one basis that you go after the kingdom. And in the beginning, the enemy will throw snares and traps to make you think that you can have the best of both worlds listen, when you go after the kingdom, he'll give you what you can handle. It's the best way that I can say it. In the experience that I have today, he'll give me what I can actually handle. And contentment went a long way with that statement, that I'm actually content. He'll he'll never leave you nor forsake you. So this is the level of acceptable. He's shown you a danger. That the enemy will come with a mindset to become business-minded, to become a person who succeeds, but in the kingdom of God, it's a bit different. Jesus sees it differently. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. Now now that's what it means to actually deny him, is when you go after another God. Go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. I don't want to speak too much about this because I spoke the last many weeks about this. It says here, No one can serve two masters, for either he, um, he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, Money, possessions, fame, status, or whatever is valued more than the Lord. Now think about it. There is a balance. God, God wants to bless you, but that blessing is birthed in the kingdom. Because when it's in the kingdom, you're looking at the interests of others. You're looking to the needy. You're looking to the poor. You're looking to spread the gospel with everything God's given you. But when the money comes to you, and you're not dead to the world, you spend it on yourself. Does that make sense? Very simple teaching. First Thessalonians, Chapter Four, Verse One to Five. This is regarding sexual sin. It says, finally, believers, we ask you and admonish you in the Lord Jesus that you follow the instructions that you receive from us about how you ought to walk and please God. Now, this is the second level of acceptable, well-pleasing, and pleasing. And it's not about getting the words right. I just want to show you the level. Just as you, actually, just as you are actually doing And that you excel even more and more pursuing a life of purpose and living in a way that expresses gratitude to God for your salvation. For you know what commandments and precepts we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God. What is the will of God? Keep going down please for this is the will of God that you be sanctified separated and set apart from sin that you abstain and back away from sexual immorality now can anyone tell me what sexual immorality is what is sexual immorality that word in the in the e or the Strong's, it's fornication but what, what is fornication anyone know What is fornication? Joe? Sex before marriage. Sex before marriage. So that's the definition of fornication. It's sex before marriage. Or sexual intercourse before marriage. So here, that you abstain. So that's, that's one part. But this is the will of God, that you are sanctified, set apart from sin. that you abstain and back away from sexual murder, that each of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, being available for God's purpose, and separated from the things profound. Not to be used in lustful passion like the Gentiles who do not know God and are ignorant of his will. Okay, so that's The next part, now we go to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15 to 21. Now I read some of it last week, but what's the title? So this is here, what is showing now. The first area of good focuses on pride, many attributes that I spoke about last week. Look at this level here now. Now, I didn't, I, didn't quote, I didn't put this scripture in so you can come to me so I can tell you what to do. Please, I'm just quoting scripture. Because this scripture talks about obeying spiritual leaders also. But it's, but it's the truth, whether you like it or not. So through him, therefore, through him, therefore, Let us at all times offer up to God a sacrifice of praise which is the fruit of lips that thankfully acknowledge and confess and glorify His name. Do not neglect to do good, to contribute to the needy of the church as an expression of fellowship for such sacrifices are always pleasing to God. Uh, Next one, please. Now, look at this here and I want to show you at the bottom what it says now I didn't quote this scripture to control anyone here please but I'm just showing you how God actually operates okay it says obey your spiritual leaders and submit to them recognizing their authority over you for they are keeping watch over your souls now can I tell you something How do we keep watch over your souls? Can anyone answer that question? How do I keep, or how do we keep watch over your souls? When we bring you the teaching from the Holy Spirit. That's how your souls are being watched. You know that? Because we're bringing instructions from God, and it's the truth that keeps your soul protected. And we need each other not to control each other, please. We need each other. And, and praying, amen. So obey your spiritual leaders and submit to them, recognizing their authority over you, for they are keeping watch over your souls and continually guarding your spiritual welfare. As those who give an account of their stewardship of you, let them do this with joy and not with grief and groans, for this would be of no benefit to you. Next one, please. Keep praying for us, for we are convinced that we have a good conscience, seeking to conduct ourselves honorably, that is, with moral courage and personal integrity in all things. And I urge you, and I urge all of you to pray earnestly, so that I may be restored to you soon. Now look at this here. Everything that I read from the top, look what it promotes here. Now, may the God of peace, the source of serenity and spiritual well being, who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood that sealed and ratified the eternal covenant, equip you with every good thing to carry out his will and strengthen you, making you complete and perfect as you ought to be, accomplishing in us that which is pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ, to Him be the glory forever and ever. Now, isn't that interesting? This scripture connects with obeying your spiritual leaders and looking for the interest of the church. You take that scripture in context. Look what God promises you. That equip you with every good thing, to carry out His will and strengthen you, making you complete and perfect as you ought to be. Remember, I haven't spoke about perfect. We're getting there. You see that? Good, acceptable, perfect. You start to see now. He's talking about maturity now in the area of perfection in the sight of God. So I want to show you this scripture here. When you plant yourself, And when you obey your spiritual leaders, those who are filled with the Spirit and those who hear from God, you will prosper because they can identify where you are in your journey and they can help you overcome. And that is the truth. That is the truth. I don't shy away from it. It is the truth. God works through this structure. Whether other churches or other structures got it wrong or they try to control people or they try to take advantage of people, I don't care about them. I care what's happening here. And that is the truth. That we mature. That we know his will for our lives. That's the only reason why we uh, become accountable. So our hearts can become cleansed. And our hearts can be transformed. And that is the truth. So this teaching today is about Christian conduct and behaviour and character. It's not so much of a I need to get lifted out of my problems. This is a message of Christian conduct and the way you are to live and the things that you are to focus on and focus on these areas because it's important to Christ. It's important to us. Amen? So you see the first encounter of God's Word. Malice. Deceit. Hypocrisy. Envy. Slander. And hateful speech, and you begin to see, reflect, reflect, every one of us reflect, and begin to see what's happening inside of us. And if our hearts have become like this, or used to walk like this, and address it because it is the truth. Okay, let's pray. See something. What's the point of a prayer if these things aren't being addressed and restored and changed in you? And I'm all for praying for people and to operate in how God wants me to operate. But what's the point if this foundation is not being birthed in us? Isn't that the truth? Don't become fixated on I need a prayer. Be fixated on your spiritual health where you become like Christ because if your house becomes like Christ no one can find refuge in there no one can find residence in there true? if your house your spiritual house becomes Christ the enemy can't find residence in there right? focus on this like I said I'm all I'm all for praying and for helping people There's no problem. But what about if we miss the mark during this area? Of all the things that God wants to address inside of us. Think about it. Can I say it like this? What keeps the enemy in a, in, in, inside of your domain or inside the field of your heart is because of those things. Where there's malice, where there's envy, where there's hypocrisy, that keeps the enemy inside the domain of your heart or the domain of your mind or in the character or your personality. But once you address these areas, the enemy has to flee. And this is so important for me, that every person understands this. Imagine I pray, or whatever, the enemy leaves, or a deliverance takes place, and you don't build your house where it becomes a house like Christ. All that happens, the enemy comes back into your character, your personality, your mindset, and your situation, right? The greatest investment is to build your house. Don't look for anything else but to build your house. If you build your house, then the house cannot fall. And I encourage you today to take a step back and just reflect, examine. See, spend time with the Holy Spirit so he can address these things. Because it's deeper than you think. So open your hands, I pray for you. Remember, this is the second level of being acceptable. Targets your character. It targets your character. Your personality, your behavior Where last week's message targeted your pride Or the hidden pride We thank you Jesus We thank you Jesus I pray for every soul here today Lord That they understand What your truth stands for and what the Holy Spirit strives for inside of us. Is that you remove every trace from us. Where we can grow and be nurtured in respect to our salvation. Lord Jesus, I pray. As we enter your throne. By the sprinkling of the blood. I pray for every soul here today, Lord. That they understand what is deed to you. Make a deed to them. Give Him the grace through the Holy Spirit to address every stain so that it can be healed and restored in who we truly are. I pray for every heart today, Lord that you touch their hearts and bring it to their attention so they may change. I pray for the change of heart. I pray you restore them, Lord. Thank you. I pray this prayer that you restore them, Lord. Allow them to invest in the greatest investment, which is their spiritual health. Allow their house to be a house of the Lord. I pray for their minds, their hearts, and their flesh. I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that you cleanse them, and that you wash them, and you restore them. Holy Spirit, go to them. Thank you for your truth, Lord. I pray for encouragement to enter their hearts. I pray Father if anyone has lost hope or has given up in their journey or found it too hard to continuously follow you I pray for your grace to be on them so they can be transformed thank you Jesus the Holy Spirit is touching you or the people here that want to give up or they feel this journey is becoming too hard for them the Holy Spirit is touching you now thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Holy Spirit I welcome you here Lord you know the hearts of the people speak to them strengthen them and help them to continue with you thank you The Lord's going to give you grace to continue with him. Anyone who's burnt out, frustrated, or finding their journey difficult, the Holy Spirit will give you grace and love to continue with him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. There are many people here that have so much potential to keep going. I encourage you to keep going. The Bible says the greatest is the one who's in you than the one who's in the world. You have the one that rose Jesus from the dead living inside of you. I encourage you to keep going. Keep fighting. Don't be afraid. Jesus is with you. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit is coming to you and bringing you comfort. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The greatest investment regarding your faith is that your house gets built up. Please understand this. Please, 90% of your problems will get dealt with. The greatest investment regarding God and you is that your house becomes built up. Reflect and examine yourself in this area. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. And I thank you that we have the precious Holy Spirit inside of us to help us, to remind us, and to encourage us. I pray for this grace, the supernatural grace that comes from your throne of grace, to recharge the people, refocus them, that they may know why you call them, not only to be saved but to be transformed thank you thank you Jesus thank you Holy Spirit Hallelujah. and I also pray for marriages Lord marriages that have been attacked or marriages that can't see eye to eye with each other. I pray today by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that every marriage is restored by your blood. I declare it in the heavens today that any marriage here that can't see eye to eye with each other you can both see through the eyes of Christ. Holy Spirit speaking to some. With Christ, everything is possible. Thank you. Thank you. Refocus. Refocus on who you truly are. And why Jesus really called you. Thank you, Jesus. in his presence his presence is here and the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom for yourself freedom to you today but the greatest investment is that your house is being built make no mistake today begin to ask the Lord this to build my house Give me the grace to build my house because it's really a grace. Give me the grace to refocus. Give me the grace to get out of my emotions. Give me the grace to continue. Give me the grace if I'm feeling burnt or frustrated. Thank you, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. I pray here, Father, that You restore them today. Lord Jesus, they come to You. They came here to be refreshed by You. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that You refresh them today. Every one of them, Lord. You refresh them today because You died for them. And You have the best intent for them. I pray that every person here that is attacked by the enemy, that is attacked in the realm of sin and the flesh, that you give them the grace to escape. Thank you. I pray for joy to be their strength, and I pray hope never to put them to shame, because the love of God has been poured into their hearts. I pray for every person to be spiritually refreshed, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Today, let it be your focus. I need to build my spiritual house. Please understand this. I need to build my spiritual house. Amen. for the people here that are stuck in sin or they're stuck in the things that I preached about today I will not pray for you today I want you to reflect and I want you to think about the true change in your heart it's not about me praying and no I, I, I don't treat the Holy Spirit like this think about it what was exposed today think about it And let sincere repentance and a sincere sadness for those characteristics to be taken to the Lord. Because King David said something very important. He goes, my sins are always before me and always before you. They were always reflecting. Couldn't get it out of his mind. That's the pathway to actually change. But please, it's not a quick fix here. Yes, the Holy Spirit does miracles. He does breakthroughs. But this is about your heart now, and your personality, and your character. So yes, the the line is open. But if this message spoke to you, reflect, please. Don't be in a rush to get prayer. Reflect. Okay.